Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Real Estate Rundown. Today, I have the honor of having Lloyd Edge on my show, and Lloyd is not your average real estate investor. Of course, none of my guests are. We know that. But Lloyd is started out as a teacher. He became a licensed real estate agent. He's built a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, but he's just authored a book. So we're going to talk about all those kinds of things, but Lloyd, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Real Estate Rundown. Hi, Shannon. How are you going? It's great to be with you. Wow, that doesn't sound like an American accent. Where are you, Lloyd? Uh, well, I'm based on the other side of the world, um, over in Sydney, where it's nice and cold in the middle of winter at the moment. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You know, when I was a kid growing up, uh, I used to remember that you guys had the redback spiders, uh, where we had the Black Widow, which yep. the red spot is on the stomach here. And the other funny thing about that is when your toilet flushes, it goes counterclockwise and ours goes clockwise. You know, that's right. You know how I learned that? I originally learned that when I watched an episode of The Simpsons about 30 years ago. <laughs> you know, it's funny the things that, in, that, that really blow your mind when you're five years old and you're flushing the toilet and it's going the wrong way. But uh, yeah, anyway... This is, a, this is a real estate show. We've got to keep it real estate related. But Lloyd, thank you for joining the show. I know that uh, you know my audience loves to hear different stories, and I, I love the fact that we can reach out and, and do a story with somebody that's not even you know, in the United States. That means we're getting a reach out there where we've, we're connecting with other people. And I'm really excited to hear about your journey and how you started out as a teacher and wound up in real estate and this is the funny thing I'm finding about everybody in real estate none of us started out trying to get here so how did you get from a teacher to a realtor well that's right Shannon so when I first started I was, I was a trained musician so I was performing as a musician I uh, became a music teacher uh, in schools uh, and that's essentially what I was doing for a number of years but uh, during that process I realized that uh, you know I wasn't really earning a lot of money but also really I wasn't going to have a lot of money to retire on uh, in the future, particularly because I wasn't on a full-time wage, full-time salary or anything like that. So I was kind of just getting paid for the work I was doing. So there wasn't going to be any real entitlements um, for me when I retired. So I actually started to um, think I need to get ahead. Uh, and that's when I started to buy property and invest in property. So that's how uh, I initially started. Uh, and I started to grow my portfolio while I was being a teacher. Um, over a period of time, I developed the strategies and started to realise I could actually make something of it. Um, and what was once um, you know, a real passion of mine, which was sort of uh, teaching and things, uh, it, it became a real passion in, in real estate. Um, and then I, I grew my um, portfolio to the point that the amount of passive income from the rental properties that I had uh, was actually higher than what I was earning um, as a uh, teacher at the time and, and by that time I was a, a full-time salary teacher and I was able to make the decision that um, I wanted to sort of go into just doing you know real estate uh, full-time because uh, that was my passion and essentially grew a portfolio of now worth over 12 million dollars that ranges you know quite a number of properties across different strategies uh, so that was kind of the journey and I, um, I you know I made that shift into property I guess because I uh, started to lose my passion for teaching um, but I had a real passion for um, for property and the vehicle that it was to allow me to achieve, uh, you know, wealth and things down the track. You know, it's funny, you use the word passion. I had somebody actually uh, the other day on the show admit that it might borderline on addiction. Um, but real estate is one of those things that once it gets into your blood and once you really truly understand how you can set yourself free 
and, and buy your time back uh, with real estate, it really becomes something that's an intense, intense desire inside of you. And, you know, that's the thing that I think is so amazing is it, it doesn't take a formal education. Now, as a music teacher, I don't think I would be able to fake my way into music teaching. I did play the drums in a band way back when, back when, you know, I was right out of high school. But I don't think I would be able to fake my way into that. But a lot of people find themselves starting with real estate as a hobby like you did and then converting it to a full-time job when it just makes more sense than the hobby did. Well, is, is it just about education and learning along the way? And that's why you can't really become a music teacher without having formal qualifications. Um, as you mentioned at the start of this, um, this episode, I, um, you know, I've got formal qualifications in real estate now, but when I first started, um, I, I didn't. And I was just learning as I went. And obviously, I uh, was reading books and attending seminars and learning as much as I can. But it was just, it was just the process of doing um, buying properties and realizing what they uh, can do for me. But when I was, you know, buying properties and then and, and with the amount of capital gains that I was getting on the properties uh, were far outweighing what I was earning in uh, in teaching. Uh, it really just meant that I, uh, yeah, I could buy my time back. Uh, and then I realized that working working nine to five wasn't the way to go. Uh, that I could actually create a lifestyle that meant I didn't have to work full time. That I could have my essentially my money work for me instead of me working for the money. So, uh, and so I put all my, um, my savings and my, my money into you know, buying properties that would grow in value, that would pay rent and create a lifestyle that allowed me um, yeah, not to have to be tied down to a full-time job. Once people get that and they understand that, it's fairly easy to take that one step at a time and to build something. Uh, you know, it, obviously it's not, it's not, real estate's not a get rich quick scheme, but it is a get rich scheme. Yeah. So it's not, it's not a get rich quick scheme, but, uh, but you can, you know, if you do it the right way, you can get very wealthy through, uh, you know, through real estate. And I even remember when I was first doing it, uh, and I was teaching and I, a lot of the other teachers, uh, were, you know, they, they weren't doing any investing. They didn't even like their job teaching, but they couldn't really find a way out. They just were just unhappy doing what they're doing. And I was actually investing on the side thinking that this is my, this is my way forward uh, to get out to create wealth and things like that. Um, those teachers are still working uh, in, in that school uh, and they're still probably particularly not happy where I used real estate to create, uh, you know, to create the lifestyle that I wanted. Um, and that's not to say, like, if you're, if you're doing teaching, you love it, that's fine. But it's more about creating what you want in life uh, and, you know, using, using real estate to create that wealth and that lifestyle. Yeah. So, so take us along the journey. You've, you've done that. You've created a portfolio of about $12 million. That is phenomenal. That takes care of all your daily needs. Then you decide to write a book. I mean, where did the, where did the book come from? Prior to that, I, I actually started a business uh, in, uh, in real estate as well. So uh, my business, which actually now helps other people set strategies and get into real estate. And I try, to, I try to educate people in doing what I've done. So I'm sort of combining my passions of, of education and real estate, putting them together. And that's kind of what I do in business. So, um, and I do that as, as a buyer's agent. Um, in terms of my book, uh, the reason I wrote the book was essentially, uh, I thought I had a story to tell and I wanted to get my message out there. And, and that message simply is, if, if I can do it, so can you. Uh, so I, it was, it's really a journey. It's a very authentic uh, story of where I started, uh, you know, a bit about growing up and my education and then my teaching and then how I started my portfolio, some of the mistakes I made along the way, but, but how I achieved the successes and how I, uh, you know, retired from teaching and grew a large 
uh, portfolio. Uh, and then, yeah, talk a lot about the strategies that I used uh, and, you yeah, know, talk a lot about the markets. And, you yeah, know, there's a lot of, often a lot of doom and gloom with people sort of predicting bad things around the markets. And I, I sort of countered that and, and explained why, you know, some things can happen and some things can't happen. So the book's full of education, but it's also full of, um, you yeah, know, full of my journey, uh, you yeah, know, essentially just to, to inspire people. So Lloyd, give us, uh, give us one of your strategies that you, that you teach about in the book as an example of something that you're doing in, in your real estate daily life. Yeah, so one of the things that um, I do quite a lot of is uh, the duplex strategy, uh, which is essentially a you know, duplex uh, being, you know, being basically two properties that you're building, but getting a block of land, building uh, a property on it, and then subdividing it. Uh, so the, the property will consist of two units and then subdividing it. Um, on the subdivision, they become two separate titles, uh, two separate properties, and you're actually creating some, um, you know, some instant growth uh, in those properties. So um, that's been a great way of being able to uh, get ahead in uh, in my portfolio because uh, essentially you're always building for less than what you can sell for because you're essentially buying one property, building one property, and then when you subdivide it, it becomes two properties. Right. When that multiplies exponentially, uh, you can do really well because two properties can become four properties, four properties can become eight properties, the more, the more you do of them. Uh, and that's been a great way of moving ahead quickly. And that's the way of kind of controlling the market a bit uh, because often, you know, you, you can be in markets where there's not necessarily a lot of capital growth. It depends on what, um, you know, what the markets are doing and, uh, and depends on the economy and things as to how much growth is in the market. But if you can do something that forces that growth uh, through a development like that, then you're actually making, you're making money, you're making equity, regardless of what the markets are doing. And I found that to be a really good uh, way to move forward. And I, um, you know, I made quite a lot of money doing that kind of stuff during the global financial crisis, but, you know, back in 2008, 2009. Um, and even the same, uh, you know, this year, uh, you know, there's some good opportunities out there this year to be making, make, making money despite the, the pandemic that we're having at the moment. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's really my business model as well. Not so much the duplex, but we build the equity in because when you when you take the raw sticks and stones, you go to the hardware store and you buy that, and you put the plan together and you create the dwelling that has a value that has that has a higher value than the parts. And well played, like you've done, where you buy a piece of land that, that already has one building on it, and you build another one on it. You're you're maximizing that lot because it was appraised as one lot, but you actually made it two, so you got half the value for, for your land for another building. Yeah, and, and sometimes you can do it with, uh, it can be a one into three subdivision. So you can buy a, a house on a large block of land, subdivide that and stick like a duplex on the back of it. Uh, yeah. And then that duplex, you can subdivide that, that actually becomes a three, three separate lots. Uh, yeah. So you're actually maximizing the highest and best use of the land. Yeah. And it's all about looking for the niche, right? And everybody kind of needs to figure out the swim lane. I, I say stay in your swim lane a lot, but it's, it's the thing that you do well. It's the one trick that you do that, that's the easiest thing for you to really become proficient at and to become very articulate at so that you can see the opportunity. You can move on it quickly. You cannot take a lot, not need to take a lot of time because you've done the same thing again and again. And now you're becoming very proficient at it, just like with music to where you're becoming very good at it and you can do it twice and then you can do it in one town and do it in another town at the same time. And then you can do it twice. And, you know, it just allows you to move through that quickly. I love that example. Um, but what are some of the other things that you see that you're doing in your teaching that, that is helping people, uh, learn more about the real estate strategies? 
so I think the main thing that I always look at first is actually what the long-term goals are. Because often people uh, look at, uh, you know, they want to buy a property, but they don't really know uh, what they're trying to achieve. So uh, my question to people always is, where, where do you want to be in the future? What's your goal for 10 years' time? Do you, do you want to buy that dream house? Do you want to put your kids through private schooling? Uh, do, you want to, yeah, do you want to pay off your mortgage? Do you want to buy a boat or some nice cars? Whatever people's goals are, or maybe people just want to retire, um, then we can reverse engineer a strategy. First thing is really determining um, what the goals are and then setting that strategy uh, and then looking at uh, whether doing a, a duplex development is best for that or maybe getting an old house and doing a renovation because that's a great way of um, adding some value um, adding some equity as well uh, and then basically setting a roadmap so we can see how you can move forward uh, to achieve those goals so I think education around property is is the very first thing because if you if you buy the wrong property to start with uh, then that could sort of really hold you back so you really need to have those fundamentals right in the first place yeah. And, you know, the other thing too, I mean, there's nothing that will help you lose your zeal for a particular product than doing, like you said, you know, some of the teachers there or at your school that you were teaching at are, are not happy then. They're still not happy because it's, it has nothing to do with teaching. They don't like teaching, but they're doing something that's just there to get them a check. It's the same thing with real estate. If you're not doing, if you don't like to remodel, that's probably not a good thing for you to engage in. But Absolutely. it's- so many people think that they have to do this or they have to do that in order to be successful at real estate. But here's another thing, Lloyd, that, that the more I do my podcast, the more I reach out to people, the more I talk with people like yourself, the more I realize that the multifamily community, the, the real estate development and, and real estate investing community is so different than any other community out there that, that you look at because it's people like you, Lloyd, that are taking the time to educate people so that they understand what they can do. Because like you described, there are so many people that don't have a roadmap. They know that, well, property will help me. Property is where I want my future to be, but they don't know how to get there. They don't know what the steps are. And the more I see the, the individuals like yourself that, that, that are in multifamily, that are in real estate, helping other people understand that it is quite simple. There's only about five steps. You gotta repeat them to again and again and again, you're able to get people to follow that map to success. And I see that all the time. And it's so neat to see a community that's actually interested in helping other people do what they did, because you don't see that in the stock market. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's really true that it, it really is about helping people and, and showing people how they can get there. Uh, and that's, you know, that was one of the catalysts for writing my book. And one of the things that people struggle with sometimes is they think they need, you know, a lot of money to, to get into real estate, but you really don't need a huge amount. You don't need a huge income or a huge deposit to get into real estate, uh, which is why, you know, my book, uh, Positive Geared, has a, um, a subtitle of how to build a multi-million dollar property portfolio from a $40,000 deposit because I show people how you can start with a, a low deposit and then grow your equity along the way. So it's about educating people. You don't yeah. need to have a million dollars to get into property. You start with a, a low deposit um, and you, 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 know, you have the right fundamentals. You, uh, you understand what you're doing um, and you can actually grow your portfolio. Because uh, when I first started, I had about a $30,000 deposit. I've grown that into a, a $12 million portfolio um, by having the right steps 
in place, the right strategies in place. That's what I try to educate people through my book so that, uh, so that it has a wider reach and sort of inspires people there. And you know, the other thing that I've seen people do is, is, is I've seen people go into real estate thinking they are all about cash flow when the reality is if you're getting cash flow on a $30,000 deposit, you're not getting a lot. So mm. when you start out, you've got to do things that grow that to the point that now a cash flow on your deposit has, has grown to a point where it's worthwhile. Uh, and, and that's a lot of things where a lot of people get confused and they go, well, I, I just want real estate to cash flow. Your first real estate project is not going to make you rich. It's not going to have a lot coming off of it that you're going to be able to retire on or you know, pay the car payment with. No, a lot of people make that mistake uh, and, and they, they do just talk about cash flow, but cash flow has to come a bit later. It's got to be growing that equity. Uh, it's yeah. got to be good. The wealth that you're trying to create comes from the capital growth or the equity that you're, you're getting in your properties. So if you get properties um, on a minimal deposit and you don't get any capital growth, and you, then you're just going to have a minimal amount of cash flow. It's not going to get you anywhere. You need to be able to have a multi um, property portfolio, you know, you need to have a lot of properties there. One or two properties aren't going to um, be enough for retirement or anything like that or to set yourself up. So you need to have these strategies um, and understand how you need to create that wealth uh, through through the growth and then the you know the cash flow will come as well and, and sort of working with both those strategies and, and and one of the things I guess what I do with uh, duplexes uh, and that can include triplexes and things like that is that they also have multi lots of rent because if you're building a triplex it has three units so that's three lots of rent uh, so that becomes a good cash flow property and you've also created that equity through building it and doing the subdivision um, that's a strategy that works very well because you're actually getting the cash flow and the equity and things like that um, but I, I sort of show people how they can start with a, a smaller project and then build up to that and, and so on uh, and then and just you know just build their wealth that way yeah and you know it's funny Lloyd, because you get some people that are ready to jump in before they know what they're doing and then you get some people that you can't get to jump in once you've explained it to them six times you know but once they get in the water and once they get it figured out it's really hard not to be successful at real estate if you just practice the fundamentals if you just go back to the same thing again and again absolutely and it's about just repeating the process find something that works for you uh, and repeat that process uh, and once you understand that I think the important thing about investing uh, in and, and whether you're doing in um, real estate or the stock market or, or anything is that you need to understand the investment and then you need to have a passion for it as well because if you if you really don't like it then uh, you're gonna have a hard time trying to make things happen but you also need to understand it because otherwise you're going to end up just buying you know the wrong property and you don't know why you're buying it and everything so you know understand what you're doing have a goal set the strategy understand what the strategy is understand how you can execute that strategy uh, and then once you've got that just just rinse and repeat and just you know keep repeating that process and and you're right if you're doing the right strategies in the right locations and like you said before you can do the same strategies but in different towns so, you know, I, I, for me, for example, you know, we can do some in Sydney and then some in Brisbane and some in Melbourne, different, different cities in the country. Uh, same sort of strategy, just different uh, areas. But once you've got that strategy in place and the type of uh, scenario, then, uh, you know, you can do very well in real estate. So you went from teaching to real estate back to teaching to, to writing a book. This is a pretty mixed bag, but what do you have planned next, Lloyd? One of the things I want to do in the future is actually be able to donate to charities. And so we do have donations and stuff within Australia at the moment. For example, we had some really bad bushfires here back in our summer in, in January. Yeah. Uh, we donated 20% of our funds um, 
from um, January and February uh, to the bushfire appeal and things like that. Um, on a larger scale, um, I'm interested in going and helping some of the, the third world countries like uh, Nepal and, and Africa, uh, maybe with some education or with building housing. So I want sort of business to be able to fund um, some of that kind of stuff in the in the future. So the business is, is good for that. And that also provides me the time uh, to be able to do that uh, because I'm not obviously working full-time in a teaching job or anything anymore. From a personal perspective, I like to look to sort of create and leave a legacy uh, in the future for, you know, for my kids. So for example, I've got a 15 month old son and I bought a property for him earlier this year. And I like to call him the youngest property investor in Australia. And we have a bit of a, so it's about leaving a legacy and, and things like that. But uh, what I've been able to do and real estate has been very kind to me is I've been able to set up the, the lifestyle I craved, I guess, for my, for my wife and my family. And when I first started, uh, you know, my first property was a one bedroom apartment, a very little shoebox. We now have that dream home that we like, which is a, a waterfront, property and uh, you know we've got a boat out the front and and nice cars and stuff like that so but that wouldn't have been possible had I not gone and sort of followed a passion in real estate uh, you know if I just remained being a teacher I wouldn't have been able to develop the the sort of wealth that would allow me to achieve those those kind of lifestyle goals um, that I you know that I craved and, and I think moving forward it's now really about sort of helping um, other people try and achieve their their goals and things and, and that was kind of a catalyst for the book because I, I think I had a story to tell through that Okay, so Lloyd, what I've heard is I've heard a guy that every time there was there was something to do right, it sounds like you did it right, right? I mean, you were teaching, you figured out how to do real estate on your own, you knew to read books, you, you got your real estate license, you, you now teaching other people how to do it, you've created a lifestyle that puts you in control, but there has to be one lesson you learned the hard way. Tell us about, tell us about when you got handed your head, when the thing went absolutely wrong, and what you learned from that that helps you now today. There's always things. Uh, no, no successful person ever becomes successful without making mistakes along the way. I've made some and I, and I love to share them. Uh, one uh, in particular is a property I bought. It's probably only about my third or fourth property I ever bought. But uh, at the time, I was getting very passionate about real estate. Now, this is obviously going back uh, maybe 15 years ago or something now. Uh, getting very passionate. And I, and I thought at the time, you know, I was chasing cash flow. And I thought I want a really high cash flow property because this gets back to what we were talking about before. I, I did, when I first started out, I didn't really understand all those fundamentals either. And I went and got a property in a mining town. And Australia was going through a mining boom. So I got this um, property which had enormous um, rental yield on it. So I paid about 260000 for this property, but it was returning about $800 a week uh, in rent, which is huge for, for a property, uh, certainly within Australia. Uh, but what I didn't really factor in at the time was that being a mining town, when the mining boom ended, uh, you know, the, the mining town virtually becomes a ghost town. Everyone leaves town and things like that. So when the mining boom did end a few years later, the property values plummeted and so did the rents. Uh, so the rent overnight went from about $800 down to about $200. The key lesson in there was not to buy real estate in an area that only has one industry because if that industry collapses, so does the real estate market. So that's where uh, it's a lesson that you can't be successful in every real estate area in the country. You need to be in the right location. So you need to have several pillars of growth. So if you're, if you're buying in areas that have you know, education, maybe they've got hospitals, uh, lots of government spending, uh, you know, other, other forms of propping up the economy, then they're good areas to be in. But if you're only in one area that's driven by maybe uh, tourism or maybe mining and that collapses, then your property values plummet. So that was a lesson learned uh, the hard way. I've actually still got that property, but it's, it's worth less 
than what I paid for it. So that was a, that was a lesson. I think it's helped me to really understand things better moving forward and I can share those lessons with people as well. You know, we all make those mistakes. And it's, so do you keep that property just because you're not willing to take a loss on it and you're going to remind yourself all the time? Or do you just keep the property just because there's no reason to sell it or there's no market to sell it? Probably a bit of both in terms of... A little bit of pride uh, involved in there, Lloyd? <laughs> yeah, but maybe. It's not so much that. <laughs> But there's probably not a lot of market to sell it. So if I was to sell it, it would be I would be selling for less than I pay for it, um, which isn't ideal. Uh, and I do think that maybe you do have to do that sometimes if it helps you move forward. In my situation, because I've got such a, a strong portfolio that is that is cash flow positive, um, positively geared, which is essentially the name of my book. So having having a sort of a, a property like that, which actually is negatively geared, is kind of swallowed up within the portfolio so it's not really affecting me it's, it, it's a bit of a cash flow drain but I don't really realize it across the, the breadth of the whole portfolio uh, if I sold it I'll be taking a, a big loss on it so I can actually I can actually use the the rental losses on it each year uh, as a bit of a tax deduction um, on my income uh, yeah. so there's a little bit of a strategy that I use that way you know it, and it's funny because you you have the ability to learn those lessons and in real estate it, a lot of it is survivable when you're properly structured and when you've taken the, the, the time to educate yourself on how to use leverage appropriately and how to uh, keep reserves and, and, and keep yourself from getting into a financial situation like the world went into in 2008 and, and everything where, you know, it started with the mortgages in, in the U.S. and then it just kind of perpetuated around the world when, it, when the whole financial market kind of came apart. How do you see 2021 shaping up for real estate in your neck of the woods with you know, the world is going to come through COVID. It has no, no option. We, we as, a, as a species will survive and we will move on. And, and what, what do you see with real estate happening in, in, the, next, in the next 12 months? Yeah, so in, um, in Australia, and, and it's probably the same in, in most countries, but we've certainly got a lot of government incentives uh, that are really propping up the economy. So we've got things like, like JobKeeper and there's a, there's a lot of things that are, are helping businesses stay afloat and helping people keep, keep people in jobs. Um, that is actually helping keeping the, uh, the real estate market up. So we haven't actually seen a decline in real estate prices throughout all of this. Uh, and um, there's also very low interest rates here, uh, the lowest uh, in history. Um, so that actually means it's actually the easiest to borrow money than it ever has been. Well, pre-COVID anyway, COVID's made it a little bit more difficult to borrow money because the banks yeah. are getting a little bit more, more tougher. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, it's still quite easy to, to borrow money um, with, with smaller repayments. Our Reserve Bank, our, our central bank in, in Australia, has kept those interest rates really low because the inflation has been struggling um, in Australia and they're trying to propel the economy. That is helping um, house prices. Uh, and I think that the government stimulus uh, will, will continue because the government's not going to let everyone fall off a cliff. So right. we're going to have a lot of debt um, in the country, uh, but I think the whole world's going to, every country's going to have a bit of debt, but it's, it's going to keep prices um, fairly up. So we're not, we're not going to see a crash or anything like that. I, I think that it is a, it's a buyer's market at the moment, not a seller's market. So earlier in the year, it was very much, um, there's a lot of growth happening, but I think over the next 12 months, we're probably going to see property prices fairly similar to where they are now. I don't think they're going to drop by much, maybe somewhere between 2 to 5%, but not, not a lot, but also not a lot of growth. So I think it'll take a couple of years for things to stabilise. But uh, it's still a fairly fairly strong economy here, I think. And, uh, and, and real estate's great because people always need somewhere to live. So yeah. you, get, you get property, it's, it's a very tangible thing, and, uh, and it's, it's easy to rent because people always need uh, somewhere to, to live. You know, population's always growing. What do you see being your real estate 
plays over the next 12 months? Are you just going to continue with your same strategy or are you, are you, uh, are you expecting a little bit of recession to be, be back in as a, as a major buyer or where do you, where do you see yourself going? Um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll be doing probably similar to what I'm, I'm doing at the, at the moment. Um, but I'll probably be looking at some, some larger deals um, over the coming years. So sort of, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of the duplex thing, um, you know, obviously over the last few years. And I'll be looking at some, say, getting into some bigger stuff and things as well. Uh, some sort of more smaller apartment type buildings, you know, unit blocks, things like that. Uh, something I'll be uh, getting into and also just getting um, getting long-term good investment properties uh, close to the city, uh, which is something that I like to sort of keep as long-term assets, you know, for my family and stuff such as the one I bought, bought earlier this year. Uh, so as, w- as well as doing sort of the, the developments in, in various towns, it's good to have, you know, very well-located uh, properties either near the city in the major capitals or near the water. So I'll be focusing on a bit of that as well. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the thing that I, I consistently hear is, is knowing your demographics, knowing where you're going, know where, knowing where it's growing so that you can continue to be relevant. Uh, you know, the, the closer you can get into the city, going from a C property to a B property is, and, and getting in closer means that as the city continues to grow out past you, now you will get closer, you will become the heart of the city at some point. And that's always a, that's always a great long-term legacy strategy. Uh, because you're you're going to continue to appreciate and you're going to continue to be more and more centralized. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. So, Lloyd, let's go let's go back and let's let's kind of wrap this up a little bit. What is the the one piece of advice? What is the what is the most common thing that you see beginning investors not do that you you wish that they would just get past and get going with their real estate career? What's the one hang up they have? Well, I think uh, a lot of people just have analysis paralysis. Uh, so like you said before, you know, some people, um, you know, jumping straight away with the wrong thing. Other people, you can talk, say the same thing six times, that they won't get going. So, uh, some people want to um, analyse things too much and they always think there's a perfect property out there. But, you know, there's always going to be, you know, like a, a more perfect property perhaps. But, you know, you need to get into the, um, into the market rather than sitting around. Uh, I think people often think there's a better deal. So they think, oh, I'll pass on this deal because I might find a better deal. But that's, that's no way to build a portfolio. So what people need to do is look at their long-term goals and think, okay, I need to get in now because my goal is to achieve X in 10 years' time. So sitting around waiting for that perfect first deal to come, when, when essentially if you find the right deal, the numbers stack up, it's the sort of deal that you want, you need to jump in, you know, give it a go and get those results so you can get onto your next deal towards your goals. Uh, because, you know, people have these great goals they want to achieve, but then they won't execute their first property uh, because they, uh, you know, they worry that it's, it's, you know, there might be a better one out there. But, uh, but at the end of the day, you just make sure you, what you're finding does tick all your boxes. Uh, but the other piece of advice um, I can give people is just really, just get, just get educated. Just make sure you really understand the fundamentals of property and have a strategy, um, have a roadmap, set a roadmap to know where you're going uh, because that's the other reason that people will struggle. And I think people will more easily buy a property if they uh, have that roadmap and can understand how that first purchase will help them uh, get, you know, get on their way. Before we conclude, tell Tell my listeners, where can we find you and where can we find this brand new book you wrote? Uh, so the book's called Positively Geared. It's available um, on Amazon. It's currently an Amazon bestseller. And my business is Oz Property Professionals. It's auspropertyprofessionals.com.au. So Lloyd, uh, I appreciate you coming on the Real Estate Let Rundown. Lloyd Edge, everybody, uh, all the way from Australia to join us here 
I appreciate your time, sir, this morning. It was very, very excellent to get to know you. I'm looking forward to reading your book, and we'll provide the links to our audience. Uh, but thank you again, sir, for your time. Thanks, Alan. Great, great to be with you. Really enjoyed it. All right. Hey, guys, join us next time on the Real Estate Rundown, where we talk with people from all over the world, as I just proved today. Uh, and we'll be talking with more people, giving you more insight on all things real estate. Thanks for joining us at the Real Estate Rundown.